Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Simon Dan podcast, the place where science and conspiracy collide. We are on episode 18. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, Katz is back. He is back. He's so thrifty that he's yet to mortgage a property when playing Monopoly. It's Katz. Welcome, buddy. How you doing? Um, I've got that jingle gets me every time. I think I know. it sums me up completely, doesn't I know. it? I'll tell you what, I'm going to talk to Wolf uh, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna jazz it up a bit, I think. We'll, we'll put a bit more depth to it. Is that what you want? No, I, no, I like it. I like it. But it says everything about me. It says, you know, what, what would it be like? Hero, warrior. You know, it's a very masculine... Uh, right, I'm talking to Wolf. Completely. I'm talking to Wolf now. We're going to get that sorted. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, how you doing, mate? You all right? Because you weren't here last week, were you? I wasn't, and I, you know what? I'm gutted because I love Red Dwarf, and I'd love to have been here to talk about it. It was that. really good, um, but real life got him. It stomped on my dreams yeah. once again. Real life. Don't worry so. about it. We're do- we were thinking about doing next one. We're going to do is probably the science of Star Trek. So if you like Star Trek, we'll get involved and get yeah, involved. Yeah, right, I'm in. Cool, cool. Um, anyway, quick catch up on flat Earth news. Um, so I did a uh, a search on YouTube this morning. Right in the last month, how many flat Earthers channels have made a video with my name in the title? What do you reckon? Oh, I reckon we're in double figures. I'm going to go 12. Oh, it's 17. 17, 17? yeah. That so was my next guess. My worry is, am I single-handedly helping the Flat Earthers uh, get views? That's my worry. They're always going to have something. To, if it wasn't you, they'd be responding to a BBC News article on a on a, a rocket launch, wouldn't they? They'd be responding they to something, claiming something was yeah. fake, so... All right, fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, let's crack on. Uh, we've got a great guest for you today. So joining us this week is a TV and radio presenter, podcaster and YouTuber with a first-class degree in natural sciences from Cambridge, no less. It's Greg Foote. Welcome and thank you for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I was waiting to see if I got uh, an equally uh, cheesy, beautiful little sting. No, 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 no. No, the guests, the guests don't get that. Only cats gets that. <laughs> Only cats get that. He's, he's used to it now. He's used to it. I've, you know, it's taken me... It's my, the hardest thing about writing the notes is coming up with something to say about cats at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, you nailed it. Thanks for having me. It's great to come and chat to you. Uh, yes, yeah, pleasure. Thank you Thank you for coming on. Um, so, Greg, you hosted the first ever science show on BBC Three, didn't you? Secrets of the Universe. How did that come about? Oh, how did that come about? So um, while I was at uni, I was doing a bunch of, you know, student TV stuff, uh, more kind of entertainment, fact-tent, factual entertainment stuff. And I I was always keen to do a bit of telly. Um, I started doing um, CBBC first, kids stuff, way back when, uh, on a show called Whiz Whiz Bang Bang, where we used to make kids kind of invention ideas a reality. I remember. And then... yeah, I was just I was going out with some mates and just filming stuff, you know, kind of the early days of all that. And and I was I was getting into stunt science. So essentially, you know, what can I do with myself? Um, kind of be a bit of a guinea pig to test the principles. And that found its way to someone at the BBC and they were looking for a host and uh, and they saw it and they're like, well, this is perfect. So so it was just a right time, right place. But, you know, the same time it had taken me a lot of time to make i think i was on showroom number 13 or something oh. by then <laughs> and um and yeah so we made that as a as a one-off um as a one-hour episode first and then it got commissioned into a into a full series yeah so i guess you had a bit of uh, so you said about the stunt science was that things like Mythbusters and stuff like that you're talking about that sort of stuff yeah, I always used to love that stuff. Yeah. You know, at the time, the BBC was doing kind of very... Um, oh, that's the doorbell. Um, <laughs> the, the BBC was doing kind of much more traditional, kind of straight... Um, yeah. 
And that's Maddie running down the stairs above me because I'm in a little homemade audio booth the stairs. <laughs> Lol. Um, yeah, they were doing much straighter stuff. Um, so it was great to, you know, play around with kind of more immersive science, I guess. You know, that that series saw me getting frozen and shot and yeah. buried alive. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a lot of fun. It was I a bet. lot of fun. I bet. Um, the, the other one which I, I thought looked really cool was the one called Factomania. Mm. Um, so from the footage from that like I say it looked like it was a real blast were were programs like that your your end game for science presenting or have you got bigger things in mind have you got a bigger plan end game is such an interesting question because I don't think I've ever had an end game I've, I've, ah, okay. I've always just kind of done what I've enjoyed um, I am really kind of strategic and I always kind of been thinking up, you know, what could I do next? What area would I like to make uh, content or programs in next? What platform would I like to make it in? How do I go about doing that? You know, who do I, how do I, wh wh where do I build the idea? Where do I take it to? Who do I pitch it to? How do I grow it? Um, but I mean, that was something I loved doing. It was, that was a lot of fun. So it was a show for um, BBC Worldwide. Yeah. So it didn't show in the UK, but I think it played into 50 plus other countries, I think um, grabbed it. And it was great because when it was going out, I'd get messages from Italy and then Turkey and then, you know, all over the world of people that were kind of watching, um, again, these kind of stunts that, that we were doing. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, in terms of, uh, I, I always think like our end game, Cats and I, our end game is to get rid of flat earthers, isn't it? Or, and conspiracy theorists. But the problem with that is we've 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 then shot ourselves in the foot in terms of content creation, haven't we? Yeah, we're back in the feeders, maybe. Yeah, but uh, I think it's a vice. It's a definitely a an honourable end, end goal in it. Let's uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. the misinformation off a the internet. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that more in a minute because uh, Greg, you do something quite similar, don't you, on 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 Radio Four? Uh, yeah, on it's something part. that I'm. Um, really passionate about as well yeah so i've um, had a series on radio Four, a couple of series um called the best instant sliced bread yes where essentially you know I'm, I'm taking claims that products are making uh running them through the old evidence mill and finding out whether they do actually do what they say on the tin uh, quite literally yeah uh, chatting to experts you know trying to get to the bottom of it looking at the um latest published research trying to weigh up oh is this is this sliced bread um sb or is this just bs uh, <laughs> and yeah really i really really love doing that and there are plans for more of that style of content on the way cool cool all right we'll chat a bit more about that in a bit but i want to i want to get into youtube because because cats and mm. obviously we, we do youtube all the time and more recently you've started streaming on youtube haven't you uh, with your on your fiance channel maddie uh yeah. where you stream live science experiments don't you yeah so my journey on youtube started um with bbc earth and okay. i've been doing a lot of telly and um james may from top gear yes. uh basically started fronting a, a, a bbc earth youtube channel about science cool he needed like a team around him and i was one of that team that was kind of on on screen james only did it for i think it was a year uh and then i um kind of stepped up to start making a lot more of that content so i've been doing youtube for quite a long time but I've, but it's always me hosting for other sure. channels yeah. other brands um so i've got kind of my own youtube channel i've popped a couple of videos up there actually most recently a, a, a whole course on science communication like how to talk about science um but yeah when when lockdown started uh, actually on day one of lockdown which on the day of recording this is is a year ago tomorrow yeah um myself and maddie you know maddie my partner she's she does kids 
um, TV presenting, also done a bunch of YouTube stuff, um, did BBC Earth's nature channel <laughs> while I was doing BBC Earth science channel. So that's how we met. And um, she and I thought, well, you know, let's let's do the thing to um, to help. You know, let's do what we can do to help families facing homeschooling. So, yeah, we, we started doing live uh, daily, gosh, for the first um, 14 weeks, I think it was, Monday through Friday, every morning, live half hour shows. And they weren't just like, here's a demo. It was like full yeah. multi-cam, multi-production, loads of graphics, uh, you know, the works. Um, it was an epic challenge, but it seemed to be really helpful. So we just kept on going. I don't think I've seen anything like it on YouTube before, the live experiments. How long did it take you to come up with all the ideas for it? Oh, my goodness. Because there must have um, been a lot. So firstly, I agree. We don't think there's anybody else doing uh, no. live high production shows for kids and for families. Um, and you, we, we have kids from four to 14 plus kind of watching with that with their parents yeah. <laughs> and actually when some of the kids have been going back to school the parents have been coming and joining us <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> even while the kids are in school which yeah. is hilarious um how long does it take us to come up with the content i mean it was relentless at the start you know because it wasn't just a demo it was like you know two or three demos and you'd have to prep it you have to write the whole script you have to do all the all the stuff there's no post-production required because you're doing it live sure, that yeah. was the beauty of it but um but it was still you know it was like 17 hour days for those first few months um every day but it gave us you know a focus it gave us something to do through lockdown and we've streamlined it a bit but it's it's still been an epic amount of work um, but tomorrow is our kind of big birthday celebration to say. celebrate like with the audience. What have we got planned? Oh, we've got. Um, I mean, it's like a it's like a kids' birthday party essentially, but with with some science and some facts and some fun kind of thrown in there. Nice. Uh, we're always doing games. We're always doing quizzes. Um, we're making a, a birthday microwave mug cake. But, oh. So you can you can make it like one minute in the microwave. We actually that was what we've what I've loved doing on this. You know, I've got a science background, so the science is always kind of key to everything I do. And what I really loved is we've done some proper sciencey investigations as part of the show yeah like uh, like hulk bears which was um little gummy bears that you'd soak uh in different solutions of water or salt or sugar to see how much they'd grow and we also did with the mug cakes it was like oh let's take out an ingredient and see what each ingredient does and, oh, and nice, you know yeah. do it as a scientific experiment and my god the kids and the families like they would just super get into it and um I've, 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 I've loved that especially as well as the community building side i've really enjoyed seeing what people's creativity has kind of led them to do yeah i mean i i think it's brilliant and I, I as i say i've not seen anything like it before um it it's in a way it's quite brave i mean i i don't do much live stuff on the channel and i've done a bit and it still takes me a while to get figure out what i'm doing and uh i still get nervous when i go live on youtube i mean you are obviously used to it now you must be but Oh no, we're still both shaking before really? the show. Wow, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, that feels with confidence. I, I think that's. I think it's. It, it's obviously still a little bit of nerves. Yes, um, but it's. You know, it's because there's no one else there. You know, we've got multiple cameras, multiple microphones. Sometimes we've got various feeds. We've got infrared cameras. Sometimes we've got all sorts of fun and games. Loads of graphics, videos, the works. Yeah, and I'm queuing all that from my laptop, kind of live and vision mixing. Wow. And Maddie's like handling loads of props and doing live live makes and stuff. So there's still a lot there to be nervous about. Okay, um, yeah. You know, I've done a bunch of live telly before. I used to do Blue Peter for four years and Sunday Brunch on Channel 4 for like four years. But I and I love live. Like I love that reactive. Like you yeah. just have to be able to, whatever happens, you just run with it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's always it's always nerve wracking. Yeah, it is. It is. And, I, and I'm only streaming to 
I don't know, like maybe 3,000 people went live at one point. And I, you know, so, and I don't know about you, cats. you must be what, 50? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I get my mum and dad to watch. Hey. So, um, <laughs> my mum and dad, and of course, my, my own view counts. So, some, sometimes I need double figures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm joking, of course. We, uh, we, we often do quite a lot of live stuff together. Um, and it, it's always a good blast, isn't it, the live stuff? It is. It is fun, but it is... Um, it is a little bit nerve nerve wracking, yeah. you know. Trying to think, well, there are people watching, and they they need to be entertained. It's not having a just having a chat with someone. There are people watching; they want to be entertained. And you think, am I, you know, because I'm quite a boring person in real life. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, am I actually boring everybody on screen? But it is nerve wracking. No, you're not. You're not, mate. Um, but cats and I, we we're like you. We both believe that science communication is an extremely important part of society, and the more of us to do it, the better. When you think about your career and, and the direction you're going in now, I assume that means a hell of a lot to you as well. Oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah. So, um, you know, as I, I kind of mentioned earlier, I've, I was aware that there weren't necessarily the resources out there, apart from the courses, the master's courses or whatever at university, um, to yeah. help people kind of equip themselves to get into this world of science communication that, you know, as we know, can be a full-time job, right? It's a, now a profession to do this thing. Yeah. Um, and there are various guises that can have, and we've talked about a few of the different levels and audiences and demographics and stuff already. Um, but yeah, this is why I kind of did a, um, a 10 part video series on YouTube, which is like an introduction to science communication. Like what can you do? What do you need to learn? What's kind of the way to shape your story and that sort of thing. But especially in the, you know, the same as it is for YouTube, like it's about the content being factual yes yeah. at the same time it needs to be engaging yeah um and it's and it's the marrying of those two principles absolutely I'm, i genuinely believe that anyone can do it i mean i cats is is really well qualified but i don't have anything past a levels in terms of qualification i'm 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 halfway through an open university degree not completely yet but as long as you've got the enthusiasm and you're like you say imparting stuff that's factual i think anyone can do it genuinely yeah, I think so. I mean, I I don't think that necessarily means that anyone should, should do try. It. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, I've I've worked with a heck of a lot of scientists all around the world, actually, in loads of different countries, uh, running training, running psychom training or public engagement training. Still do a lot of it, um, albeit over Zoom <laughs> <laughs> at the moment. And you know, some people are supernatural at it. That uh, they are super natural, not yeah. supernatural, um, and they're fantastic. Other people have to work harder at it, and they might not be as naturally charismatic or as naturally eloquent as some of the others who are doing the course, you know, or, or whatever. They they are still fantastic science communicators. Sure. Right? You can yeah. be you can be nervous, you can be uh, you know have a slower delivery and make really engaging science communication content. But I don't, I'm, I'm not necessarily of the view that every person should do it. Like, you know, that I'm not of the view that every scientist must do science communication. Um, but I'm definitely with you on the fact that anybody can give it a go yeah. and anybody who wants to do it can do it. And it doesn't necessarily matter what your background is. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely with you there. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, I, I mean, I've, I, I used to do quite a lot of tutoring and I used to find that um, especially in the sciences, some people's teachers could be, I don't want to say overqualified, but an example, there was a, an ex-employee of NASA that did some work, some che teaching work in a private school near me, and they couldn't get across the simple parts of astronomy because they were so in, de in deep in this world of, of what they've done through the work of NASA, and the kids weren't learning anything. Oh, uh, I, I'm sure you've had this as well, but the 
when someone gives you the following criticism, right, they think it's like an absolute, def- like they've defeated you with this criticism. And their criticism goes along the lines of, who are you talking to? A five-year-old. <laughs> yeah. and, and I'm like, and I'm like, thank, like genuinely, thank you. Like, if you think I have boiled this down, oh, like on. it is yeah. so hard, like, you know, just what you're saying, it's so hard to take an idea from any, any area of science, tech, engineering, maths, and make it work for a five-year-old. That, that takes a lot of work, a lot of translation, a lot of prep. Yeah. So if I've done it for a five-year-old, I'm, I'm over the moon. The job's done, isn't it? Yeah. Spot on. Brilliant. Um, right, okay, we're going to have a quick interlude and we're going to do what we call uh, Cat's Curiosity. So this is where Cat's uh, will bring us a piece of science news that he's, that he's interested in over the last week. And then we're going to have a quick chat about it. What have you got for us this week, buddy? Well, this week I've got something that uh, I'm, I noticed a headline on the news, uh, BBC, or the, the little BBC News Science section about hurricanes and how they were named. And you know what? I think people in America might be really familiar with this, but to me it was new. It shocked me. So I'm going to, I'm going to share this with you. Okay. Were you aware that when the hurricane season approaches, that the names of the hurricanes for each year are already predetermined? Did you know that? I, I didn't. I didn't know that. I thought it was alphabet and they pick it when it comes. Well, there's, there's an alphabet, uh, but, but not all the letters of the alphabet are included. But okay. they do have, uh, I forget which ones have, have dropped, but they they select the names for the season um, so they are in alphabetical order but they're already known and then there's a surplus list and that surplus list we get onto if there's more hurricanes than expected and twice in the past 15 years we've had to jump onto that surplus list of names for hurricanes because we've had you know irregularly um, how can I put it active hurricane seasons and last year was one of those seasons and they had to use greek letters to name some of the hurricanes and apparently it was so confusing to a lot of people and the discussion on the internet tended to revolve around the names of the hurricanes rather than the, the damaging effect of the hurricanes themselves. Yeah. But they decided to no longer use Greek letters to name hurricanes. And I knew none of that. So there we go. That's awesome. I knew I knew the alphabet thing, but I yeah. was the same. I, th- I thought that, you know, they just kind of make it up. They're like, oh, it's an F or it's a G year. Does that mean that I could look ahead at the list and be like, oh, when does Greg come up? When am I going to strike? <laughs> You could. There's a, a video on the CNN websites where it's actually CNN, not BBC, where I got it from. And it actually shows you the names for this upcoming year. So you can see what the names will be. Um, but I don't think Greg was on, but maybe if I drop him an email, I'll see what I can do. I, don't know. <laughs> I also want to know with the Greek letters, it's like, you know, Alpha, you know, Phi, um, Sigma. Like, what, what do you, what, what names start with those? Well, they didn't, I don't think they do the Greek ones in alphabetical order. I think they just oh. use. Um, so Theta was one that they used last year and then there was another right. one that sounded a bit like Theta and I can't remember what they were but they don't go through the Greek ones in alphabetical they just choose cool sounding Greek names but then they decided that they were complicated and too similar so instead of deciding to choose other Greek symbols they just said no we're not going to use any Greek symbols whatsoever see as nerds how much would we love for something to have like a Greek symbol that we know you know so it's like mu you know we're like oh yeah coefficient of yeah. fraction eh? <laughs> <laughs> So is that, oh, the, is that right for the UK ones as well, the UK storms? Or do we make it up as we go along? Probably, don't we? I have no idea, but I feel massively under-researched now for this oh, section. Quite, honestly, it probably is though, isn't it? It's probably like, right, right, what, the storms come over. What are we on? Uh, B, Bob. There we go. Yeah. It's Hurricane Bob. Put it out to the news. It's Hurricane <laughs> It's a Storm Bob. It's not a hurricane, is it? Storm Bob. It's the UK. We'd have, it'd be like Keith. Storm Keith. Storm Keith. Oh, <laughs> We'd have like I feel like Keith. I feel like a Storm Keith would do a lot of damage. I don't know if that... I, 
Storm Dan, though, that would never happen, would it? Because <laughs> a Storm Dan, that would be like a, a mild breeze, wouldn't it? Not your wheelie bin over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Okay. So let's bang on. Um, so like we were talking about the, your Radio Four program, um, it's quite similar to what Cats and I do. So Cats and I, we, we go against conspiracy theories, but you have a look at things, what, what, the marketing claims, don't you, made by companies, and debunk them. Mm-hmm. Can you give us an example of something that you, you've you've done on that? Oh yeah. So uh, what have we done? We did uh, caffeine shampoo. Um, oh, you know, it claims to give you luscious, thicker hair. Uh, we did. We had kombucha. Um, you know that fizzy, fizzy drink. Okay. That everyone kind of loves. Um, God, we've done so many noise cancelling headphones. Oh, do uh, they work? Teeth, teeth whitening. Do the, the noise cancel? Do they work? The headphones. Uh, oh, that, would that be a spoiler? Um, oh, it would be, wouldn't it? It would be. I mean, go, go listen to the full episode, full discussion. Okay. Uh, right. The best thing right. since sliced bread, available as extended podcast. But uh, <laughs> there you go, hashtag plug. But um, yeah, like noise cancelling headphones are um, re- the tech's really interesting. The fact that, you know, there's a little microphone that's listening to what's going on outside and it essentially uh, flips the wave upside down. Oh, okay. Um, and, and as quickly as it can, sends that into your ear to cancel out for things that are happening outside. Uh, you know, the tech is genuine. The tech okay. is genuine. Okay. I would, does that work fast enough though that's exactly the issue okay it's like what are the limitations of that sort of tech yeah you know instantaneous quick noises are not going to be processed sure um and so you know long continuous drones at a certain frequency you're good uh you know dropping a plate or something like that that's instant that's not going to be as easy for the tech to kind of um effect um, but yeah, things like, you know, the kombucha episode were really interesting because it's, it's, it's one of those things that's just like, it just becomes a super trend, you know, on, yeah. on Instagram and all the socials. Uh, here's my, here's my kombucha, you know, makes me feel so good. It's so good for gut health, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, well, you know, it's, it has good bacteria in it. Does it like <laughs> how much of it do you need to consume for it to have an effect? Is it more the green tea that's in it, et cetera, et cetera. So I love all that. It, it really interests me because I, I, like, I didn't know there were so many possibilities for things that to not be true on that front i mean where, where, where do they stand on the legalities of this these companies well so that's a very good question and what you find a lot of companies doing is not putting explicit claims okay that that need to any explicit claim you put you know the the advertising standards agency asa or the cap board yeah. cap code um you know that you have they have to be able to provide evidence to support that claim that's on the tin but if it's general enough i guess it's like a horoscope then in a way you know you don't need to be able to back it up but there are still um you can still as we found drill down and really kind of interrogate specific things yeah i, I mean it's going to make me look at things in a whole different view now. When I'm in the supermarket with my wife, I'm going to be like, right, this thing here, I'm going to send this to Greg and we'll see what... Uh, see." What... <laughs> yeah, do like genuinely, I love it when people, I still get people like tweeting me, um, you know, whenever they see something yeah, uh, and saying, is this a thing? Like, please find out, let us know. So I love that sort of stuff. Oh, send cool. it over. All right, what? I'm going to do it. You have a barrage of emails. Like, what about this, Greg? What about this? <laughs> cool, I'm game. <laughs> um so being being a prolific science communicator, um, have you guys ever come across any science deniers in your time on YouTube? Uh, YouTube. I mean, we know what YouTube's like. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, you, you were talking about it in the intro. Uh, that you are always going to get people who have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Opinions differ, and lots of people are happy to shout their opinion 
you know, in text form at a screen because there's nobody there to receive it. Uh, whether they do that to your face would be a different thing. Some of them would, I'm sure. Yes. So, yes, I've had comments from people, not as much actually as as could be the case um, because I don't deal with the likes of Flat Earth. Um, yeah. You know, don't don't really deal with things where there are kind of, you know, vehement supporters um, of something that I would feel, you know, is not is not backed up by scientific evidence. Um, I definitely have people who have their anecdotal story of you know X that worked for me. Okay. Um, and sometimes you know, and and you know, I've had a few during during COVID times as well. You know, when I've yeah. I've been out and about in a mask and posted a picture, and you know, you'll get a message being like, "Why are you wearing that?" And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, evidence. Um, yeah, absolutely. So yes, uh, to to a small degree, I think compared to I'm sure what what you both receive. Yeah, um, I mean. I think I mean you like you do, you do a lot of experimental stuff and when cats first came into the into the world of conspiracy theory debunking and stuff he took a couple of guys on didn't you called Peter and Pete who mm. didn't believe that water was was it they didn't believe water was a molecule they, they there was no oxygen or hydrogen in it was that what they were saying it, yeah it wasn't made of oxygen and hydrogen it was a, it was an element called aqua that's it yeah yeah and it doesn't matter it didn't matter how how you explained electrolysis to them etc um, you know, they they just wouldn't buy it whatsoever. Water was an element. And if you had to do electrolysis of water, you had to put something in to kickstart the electrolysis, and that's what was producing the gases at the electrodes, and that was it. And they still hold that opinion now. Mm. See, I don't see what is necessary the benefit of holding that opinion. <laughs> no idea. But they also believe that clouds are made of salt, and you yeah. can make oxygen with a bicycle pump. That yeah. maybe that. So uh, part of me wonders now whether how much of them are... Um, Testing the patience of the subscribers, yeah. Say. Oh, no, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, they rick rolling you, <laughs> yeah, possibly. Greg's just hearing the tip of the iceberg here from all of the nonsense that we've been exposed to. Uh, I mean, there is so so much, but the flat earthers are the, the ones that I go after most, and cats had, had a, uh, a lot of dealings with them as well. I mean, you obviously know of flat earthers, um, any experiences with them? No experience uh, directly. Okay. No, like it's it's you know I've I've enjoyed following it as as um, as a rational uh, skeptic. Uh, you know, someone who likes to to kind of go, okay, all right, why would they believe that? How could they believe that in the face of you know this and this and this? Um, yeah, so nothing nothing directly, okay. uh, but uh, but it's something that I've definitely watched with interest okay what do you make of the people like i mean i don't know if this is all this is real but i heard stories about people like freddie flintoff and um who was the boxer cats uh Cole Frotch. Frotch. yeah coming out as flat earthers or or at least flat earth <laughs> apologists have you heard of that i have not heard any of that okay. i think what we've also got to be and i'm you know i'm sure that you dig into this more when you hear something like that but it's like who is saying that and yeah. what is the context that that was said in? Because if actually they 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 said, well, you know, it is a fair question to ask, yeah. you know, or whatever, in whatever con context that is asked, then that can be taken out of the context by um by sound bites. So, um, I would I've also learned I think in the same way that I've learned to not immediately believe a claim on a product, uh, I've also learned to, you know, and this is something that we should all do really, especially when we engage with social media don't just take a quote out yeah. of context as as gospel um find out what they said after it before it 
find out, read, read wider around what they're thinking. Um, but you know, there are lots of people that will have that view, uh, as you've no doubt found, and yes. that will no doubt include some people that are more in the public eye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only one I've directly heard say it is the basketball player. Car- is it Corey Irving? That one. He's. He, I think he's the only one I've directly heard yeah. say that he believes it. Um, uh, the only. I just worry because these people have got lots of followings and lots of followers, and uh, a lot of them believe everything they say, don't they? That's that's my worry. Things like that. Well, that's the danger with you know with talking about products and yes. or therapies yeah. or treatments. Um, you know, if people are, well, I mean, we saw it plenty, didn't we, with Trump? Uh, yeah. You know, hey, if you do this or drink this or take this, then you will be saved or cured or whatever. That's when it becomes dangerous because then, as you say, it's somebody with a following mm. um, who has trust with a particular group uh, and they may then try that thing that is dangerous. That's when this becomes really, really problematic. Yeah, yeah, completely agree with you. Um, right, let's let's uh, let's let's cheer us up ourselves up a bit and play guess the conspiracy. So, cats, we're in a bit of bother here because we were, I think, we were nine four up at one point, and it's now nine seven to us. So the guests now, have, have clawed it back. There's a link here. I have missed two episodes. I have, <laughs> yeah. Um, so is, it, is, is, is there a link between me not being here and, and well, things not going so well on that front? I don't think or? so, because you still gave over a, conspira- a fake conspiracy, didn't you? So That is, that is yeah. also true. So, <laughs> this, Greg, this is the part of the show where Katz and I have come up with two uh, fabricated conspiracy theories, and we've lumped them in with one that is real, in that people believe in it, and your job, or the guest job, is to figure out which one is the real conspiracy theory, in that people believe it, not that it's a real thing. Gotcha. Um, so, as I said, it's 9-7 to us. Um people let's think let's talk uh jim al-khalili he got it wrong so if you if you get it right you've, you've bettered him all right okay uh, i mean i i once had a dance-off competition with jim did you did you win <laughs> yeah in fact it was the first time i met jim it was at a science <laughs> festival and they were just taking a bunch of the speakers and it was like right it's a dance competition it was me and jim and dallas uh dallas campbell um and yeah a few other people that Amazing. was a laugh and it, did you beat him though no, I oh. think Jim. No, oh, oh, maybe me and Jim got to the same sort of level, and then I okay. think um, I think the winner was was Yan from uh, Bangos a Theory. Uh, oh, okay. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Right, here we go. Then here we go. So three conspiracies. Two of them have been completely fabricated by myself and Cats, and one is a real one that people believe. Here we go. Number one: All Zoom and FaceTime calls are monitored by AI that deliberately messes with the signal if anti-science conversations are taking place. That's number one. Okay. Number two, all fish are grown in farms. The fishermen don't actually catch them. Fishermen are actually military who sail to the land beyond the ice wall. Right. That's number two. And number three, a piano was so named because the 88 keys on a piano divided by the 28 phalanges in your hands to play it is equal to almost pi. Hence, pi anno. <laughs> That's your three. <laughs> That's incredible. So what do you think? Okay, if one of you came up with that, you're a comedic genius um oh but the second one is a flat earth related one which would yep. suggest that <sighs> oh my goodness that's tricky right i don't think it's the first one okay um i might live to regret that but i don't think it's the first it's one. a tough game it's a tough game uh so therefore it's between two and three i think the piano is brilliant i think think you've made that one up so therefore i think it is the second one that is believed okay so 
So you think that the the fish aren't real, aren't actually being caught? They're made in farms, and fishermen actually sail beyond the ice wall as military. Mm, okay. Yes. Is that, is that your final answer? Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Oh, we've done it, Cat. Well, that was Cat's one. Well done, buddy. Well done. So we've got it. Ten seven. Um, that was a really tough one actually because the real one was the piano one. That is the real one. Wow. Um, really? Yeah. So it's a guy. Um, it's a flat earther called Marty Leeds, and he's like he's a numbers guy. He loves numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did a video about how uh, it was his belief that the eighty-eight keys on a planet divided by the flanges to play it equals almost pi. I think it was like three point one nine or something, or three point two, which was why they called it a piano, piano. Um, so yeah, that was the real one. Anno meaning almost clearly. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, unlucky that was difficult. Uh, in, just because that was such a ridiculous one, that was difficult. But well done, cats. We've done it. Ten seven. Good job. Oh, I'm, I'm over, you know, if I never accomplish anything else in the rest of my life, that is my. I, I've managed to convince Greg Foot that fishermen uh, yes. <laughs> sail. Yeah, that, or people believe that anyway. Amazing. That's, I'm, that's that's my week's work done, and it's only Monday. I'm still going around telling people that Chris Lintock called me a genius for coming up the one that caught him out. So you know, it's it's. <laughs> It's fair. It's all fair. It just I just think that because of the nature of what is believed in that world, I yeah. could see that that could be a thing. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be much of an extension of one's kind of way of seeing the world, it right, to also believe that. That's what I was going for. Mm-hmm. And I just thought the piano was just a very clever, uh, that one of you had gone, hang on, <laughs> piano's got pie in it. Uh, I, I could do something with this. Yeah, that's the, po- <laughs> the problem is, though, we used to do that. We used to come up with really intricate conspiracy theories and people would be like, no. That was that's been too worked out to be a real thing, but nice one, Cass. You got the red herring in there with the flat Earth link on the on the fish one. So well done. We're ten to up. Anyway, Greg, thanks so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting. Um, so your your YouTube channel that you're streaming on tomorrow is called. Oh, so the um, so the kids show is called Let's Go Live. Perfect. Um, we are, yeah, it's the birthday show tomorrow. We're then we're going to take a little bit of a break from the regular shows, but we'll be doing a few kind of specials and a bit more kind of family science content when we can. Um, yeah. Cool. Good stuff. We'll pop all the links for that in the description so people can check it out. Um, but we are done. Next week, it definitely is Professor Dave Katz who's coming on because um, last time he, he got the wrong time. Um, so we'll see you then. Enjoy yourselves. Have a good day. Goodbye. <laughs>